everybody. Welcome to Brain Shampoo. I am Rob Fiorandino, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Louis Hout Prokop and Topeka Pangarkar. Hey, Topeka. Hello. How the heck are you? I'm good. I'm uh, just in Houston on a little vacation, so I'm having a good time. Nice. Louis, how you doing? I'm doing all right, Rob. How are you? Jim Dandy. James Dandy tonight. Ooh. Yeah, I know, right? Ooh. It's been two hours since I ate dinner. Topeka just is still eating, I think. And, uh, and what about I'm you? Always eating. It's all. It's a. It's um. It's been about an hour and fifty minutes actually. Okay. So almost at that two-hour mark. That was our. That was our pre-show conversation. Uh, what time is the proper time to eat dinner? And I think we decided, as you get older, the time gets uh, closer to uh, closer earlier. Depends say. on also mm-hmm. like a lot of a uh, cultural background too, and a sure. uh, yes. lot, lot of factors. Although I'm going to be honest, I don't know if it's like, I don't, I think it might just be like pattern development or we can call it procrastination. Like there is no true <laughs> cultural reason as to why we Indians eat late. Like it's just, I think a matter of our food takes so much time to make. Mm. And so you got to prep it in advance and people just don't want to. So they start at like a seven. And then it just takes longer. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you just get in the habits and then that's, you know, and then that's your, what it is. I mean, your family eats at a certain time and that's fine. You know, and like, exactly. like our, my, my farmer side of the family always ate early and I, you know, it's, I'm not sure why that is, but I think they had to, they had to eat and then get back out in the field before the sun went yeah. down, you know, at nine o'clock here in the North. And then Topeka, also you got to wake up early. That's right. Topeka could it also be a climate issue where like, the sun goes down, so it's not nearly as hot. And like now you can maybe enjoy you know, the aspect of like being I, around folks and not sweating through your clothes constantly, maybe. So I am talking through my ass right now. I do not know. <laughs> um, but I will say very emphatically that it is due to the fact that we make a lot of things that are complex. Like when I mm. see foods that like are made in Western society, they're like one pan dinners, baked things. And so it's like one step. Um, a lot of our stuff is like the night before, soak your lentils for X number of hours and sprout them like three days before. And then you add them to this other thing. And then you marinate the chicken for like four hours. And then you cook everything together. And then you got to make the like, the, the, lent, the chapati, which is like the, the tortillas you got to make those hot and that has to be timed with this other thing and so by the end of it it's just like it's It's very complex yeah it's beautiful though what you're saying is that's why it it takes all day to make the dinner and it's not going to be done before eight o'clock yeah so i think i i mean it could be if people spent like from lunchtime to dinner time in the kitchen but then what ends up happening is you make this lunch and then you just want a break so you end up starting dinner like a little bit later so i this is my logic i say it so emphatically and then my dad's going to be listening to this podcast he's going to be like actually there is a cultural reason. That's probably something that we said, Lewis. Something about the weather. Well, let's, no. we we need we need feedback from the audience. So if you if you know the answer, please write us and uh, let us know what what the real answer is. I bet you it's different all over the world. Oh and, man, that reminds yeah. me of something my boss used to do. Um, I am no longer with 3M. Everyone here or everyone on this call knows that, but um, I guess the audience now knows. But my old boss, he used to. Um, send you like a team's message let me like he'd say like he'd send like a google link every time you asked a question like as the answer to the question 
as like, in, why didn't you just look this up on Google yourself? Exactly. Why are you wasting my time? <laughs> he was like, okay, let me Google that or something. And then he'd send it over. And, uh, and so, yeah. And so that's something our audience is probably like, well, I mean, the internet probably figure that out. That's right. <laughs> have you, have you ever been to the website lmgtfy.com? No. Wow. Say that again. L M G T as in Tom, as in Frank, Y.com. All right. I've not, I've never been there. Is this safe? Can I go there right it's now? It's totally fine. It's right. I'll, I'll spare you the, the details, but uh, <laughs> it's an acronym for let me Google that for you. And it's a search bar that Googles Google. That's it. <laughs> oh, that's so good. I'm on the that's website. Great. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yep. All right. Well, that's. And then, of course, there's Geif, too, which I'm sure you've heard of Geif. Geif? What's Geif? Google is your friend. Oh. Kind of a, you know, same, same idea. Creepy. It's, 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 it's very Geify. I mean, it's kind of true. Yeah. When you don't have anyone else, you always do have Google. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Or wow. taking. I'm a know it all, though, right? Oof. Like, yeah. Nobody likes a know it all. Know it all, but also indecisive, where it gives you like a 50 billion results it's like <laughs> just give me the one how right. many tablespoons and etc like that's all i need to know and you're like 50 billion results right so if you ask a question like i just did why why does the sun shine it literally gave me 1.1 billion answers so it's like okay come on that can't be right that's true <laughs> although i will say everyone uses it and everyone needs it so technically however bad or good it is it must be great if everyone needs it so much you possibly know Possibly. It's like the everybody's doing it peer pressure kind of deal. That's what that's just triggering in my brain, which is like, you know, danger, danger in my little kid brain. I will say, though, for the why does the sun shine, that gets quite the interesting hit if you ever actually do it. It the first hit is a video for they must be giants. giants. Why does the sun shine? Yeah. Amazing for anyone who actually wants to know that answer. Sun is a mass of incandescent gas. A giant nuclear furnace. That's all I know. Well, we've established that Google is your friend, or um, we should probably Google. Okay, next, the next podcast, we will have the answer of why we eat so late. That's right. We're not going to Google on the air here. But... Yeah, we won't, we won't, we won't waste no. time. So, Dabika, you have had an exciting life. How much do you feel like uh, sharing with the with our oh, audience here? What's man. been going on? So some of it is private that I will share after we have <laughs> Excellent. this call. Good. Because Ooh. I'm a little superstitious. However, the stuff I can share is that I have just accepted a new position at Siete Family Foods. They're a company that makes tortilla chips and they're a Mexican-American food brand. And I am very excited. I will be a contract manufacturing manager for them. Uh, doing some really cool things. And they, I mean, I'm excited. I'm going to be working from home for the second time. I think in the start of 3M, I worked from home for two months. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to be working from home in the pandemic. So I'm going to know what that feels like, guys. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. That's great. I know this is an area you've always wanted to kind of get into, right? I am trying to dabble in food. I'm obsessed. (laughs) I mean, I'm obsessed. I just well, baked the other day and I, I could bake all day, every day. Well, we have talked about this on the podcast before. You you have a, a website devoted to your food, love of food. 
Yeah, you know, I have an incomplete website. Oh, sorry. Maybe it's a sore subject. However, (laughs) now that I have a maybe more flexible job that isn't as crazy, I will try to start populating it. So we'll see. So what about you guys? How have you guys been in our last, we've had like four or five weeks where we haven't done this, maybe fewer. And I'm just going crazy. It's it's been about a month or five weeks even Mm because i was thinking back like when did we actually last have summer stuff happening yeah summer back from summer hiatus that's right that's right i think we all went on tour with different bands and you know we just (laughs) couldn't meet up and like Uh you know then the pandemic is back in full force and so you know we now have a little more downtime perhaps yeah that's that's stinky isn't it that's great thanks thanks a lot everybody who didn't get a vaccine go get a vaccine please man well i think mm. kids can get it now right no not yet no 12 uh, and over 12, 12 and over. over yes yes that's it though the tweens and teens can get it but the nobody tweens, else yes <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so anyway um it's been a minute mm, it's been a minute yeah so we're we're getting used to the i had to, I had to we got my hair cut this weekend and i had to put the mask back on and uh you guys are masked really again yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I know you guys are masking again, but like, is your state masking again? The uh, all the government buildings in Minneapolis and St. Paul have are requiring it now. Okay. Okay. So they are masking because the cities Texas the, is not masking again. Yeah. The right. cities have put in some of their. I don't want to say mandates, but have done some of that, like what Rob was saying, but there isn't a statewide mandate or anything like those emergency powers are expired. So there won't be anything like that. It's mostly down to like individual businesses or the cities themselves making their own decisions. Um, But uh, yeah, it definitely looks a lot like it did uh, several months ago around here, at least the areas that I'm in. Um, But But it's not like Texas where the governor is actively discouraging schools from from having their kids wear masks you know what i find that crazy because i wasn't allowed to have spaghetti straps i'm gonna be honest if y'all can tell <laughs> if y'all are like you can't right. have spaghetti straps you can tell somebody to wear a mask i mean i feel like it's the same thing then mm. i can just wear yeah. whatever the f i want i can just be naked at school like if we're gonna start making claims that you like i just i don't get it at all i just yeah. i don't <laughs> that's my rant sorry no that's good it's a good rant because it's, it's true. a good one it's like florida and texas are the two states where you've actually got the government like discouraging people from wearing masks it's like what are you doing i don't understand that anyway so there's there's my rant yeah yeah well we were talking rom-coms for a minute i want we were we let's yes let's move on to some some romantic right. comedy some moments here what, this what is do you like got my for favorite us topic. <laughs> Segway. excellent you know, Segway. yeah here, i was go. excited so <laughs> so i brought it up but um i was telling um these two that i have been watching uh, Dawson's Creek and a lot of other romances and now I'm creating unrealistic expectations for people in my life significant others in specific um, to adhere to and I am not ashamed at all like they need all right. can, can you can you, now as, as the official old person of the podcast here can you can you lay me lay, lay, lay down what what is the Dawson's Creek for me I even I yeah. know this is like from the 90s but okay Dawson's Creek is best described as a teen angst coming of age series Okay. Two characters are in essentially three characters are in a continuous three-way love triangle. Wow. And there are other ancillary characters that come in and out. And it's just about 
like growing up and possibilities and teen angst and romance. Is that a good description? Uh, sounds good to me. All right. Have you seen, you've seen it. Is that I've never, no, no, God, no, I've never seen that. Are you kidding me? Why would I watch that show? That's for, that's for like the, that's for like the tweens and, and the, and the 20 year olds. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I said 20 year olds, the 20 somethings. I'm telling you, it's not a popular show in my age group. Uh, it's, it's, I'm no, it was because this is from the nineties, right? It is from the 90s. 98. 98. Thank you. I just like it because it's that genre. Like romances these days are very like uh, raunchy and not quite the same as they used to be in the 2000s. In the 2000s, we got a lot of really great ones like The Proposal and, you know, 27 Dresses and Maid of Honor. And I could go on and on because I watched all of them. But. But nowadays we don't get it. We don't get them like that. We get a lot of like comedy, more more so comedies, and they're a little raunchier, and they they're more like rated R and bridesmaids and that sort of vibe. You don't get sure. like the teen You're... angst version anymore. Wow. I hate hmm. to be the person that's like back in the day, we used to get <laughs> good romances, and now what have the children done? But that's how I feel. I mean, I'm and, not uh... sure how I feel yeah. about back in the day being 1998 but I know. Hey. that's the part that i was like because because i gotta say when i when it was 1998 for me i was like i'm not watching dawson's creek it's not great it's not like heathers or fast times at ridgemont high or the princess diaries or the breakfast club or you know i mean those are classic movies and i'm sure my dad was saying the same thing about my stupid movies well well, I think all those movies are great. I'm not criticizing those at all. I'm criticizing the no. ones that are like post 2010. Right, right. You know? I just, what I, I guess sure. my point was, I think everybody, as they get older, thinks that kind of the period that they went through was the golden age. But maybe I'm wrong about that, but that's, mm. you know. It's yeah, that's I think well, we have like these years that are very foundational, right? Like we get our culture, we get our music, we get our shows, usually from like a handful of years of when everyone around us is like finding something out about themselves, right? And so we're like, we're we're trying to fit in, we're trying to stand out, we're trying to be cool, we're trying to like not act too hard, right? All of that stuff. And so the things that happen to be in that time frame get locked into our brains as this time and place that means more because it builds everything builds off of that time in some way shape or form whether or not we stick with that time and like just continue in that path or dramatically change we still have that that pivotal time in our life and those things that you know helped kind of kick us off somewhere yeah so it all makes sense like your time rob is the probably just as good as our time and exactly you know whoever it is like we can't experience each other's time equally no and there's classic movies in every generation and there's really stinky movies in every generation but you know that's the way it goes that's all right that's the way art is art you know these mythologies have to constantly be reinvented for for current audiences because you know as old people aren't i'm not going to write a teen angst movie because i'm not a teenager i would i would write a teen angst movie i'm not a teenager anymore but i love it all right what would your what would your i want to hear your teen angst movie pitch pitch me oh i've got a i've got 14 billion dollars and i would like to make a teen angst movie teen angst oh my god okay so let me think um you have to give me a minute lewis uh could you could you do some sort of segue while i think about this uh yes um 
gosh, I, I mean, this is making me really think about what were those movies, we'll stick to the movies, right? Or the shows sure, sure. that were like defining that time, right? Of our, that, those times that are years, right? Yes, sure. I remember being a huge Kevin Smith fan, especially, oh, yeah. especially even though so many people did not like it. Mallrats, Mall that was rats. a big one. I loved Mallrats. Yep. Over and over, I watched that. Um, I filmed at the Southdale mall in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so (laughs) yeah, uh, I remember just being a huge fan of really all of those movies and I'm not really sure why, because looking back, I don't know if I necessarily want to watch them again, Mm -hmm. but at the time they felt really real. Yeah, they, well, they were, they were of our generation. They were of like our generation because you're a lot younger than I am, but it was, they were of your generation, right? So they felt like they were, oh, these are people that are like making real movies that are kind of speaking to me and kind of talking my language. And they're not like all these old stuffy movies that that Rob's generation watched. Yeah. I mean, I like the old <laughs> stuff, too. I, I no, I know. Uh, but I mean, but it, but there's difference when you're when you're eight, you know, when you're 16 or 17 years old, you don't want to sure. be watching that. You want to set yourself apart from your parents, not you know that's well, true i think a lot of the reason why i don't like old older movies is because the tech isn't as good and you get spoiled <laughs> by the high-tech stuff wow. you know what i, I mean? don't like, i don't like the, the high-tech i can't oh, do it i just mean like between a black and white movie and a color movie and then oh. a color movie today like i love rom-coms in this day and age not only because of the fact that like they they connect with me but also because like breakfast clubs filmography or like film is like it's not as clear you watch it on a vhs like it's it's a little it's a little different it is it is but the i mean this i'm kind of a movie guy as you guys know um you know but there are some things that like i look back at movies like the apartment from 1960 which won best picture in 1960 uh it's just an amazingly good movie. And it, you look at that and you go, oh, everybody's kind of the same. They went through the same stuff that I went through is the same stuff that Lewis went through and the same stuff that Topeka goes through. It's relatable. It is. It's totally. And you get, I mean, after it is one of those things where if you're, if you don't watch a lot of black and white movies, there's some really amazing movies out there. Even if you watch like the top 1% of black and white movies, they're just you know, amazing. Okay. And it doesn't take that long to get used to it. It's, it's kind of like listening to somebody with a British accent. Eventually you kind of, pretty soon you get, you pick it up. Fine. But I don't like foreign <laughs> movies either. Okay. And All right. So maybe I'm a, I'm a movie. I'm not a movie person, I guess. I'm you very don't have like to, mainstream yeah. because I can't do it because I'm like too distracted by the fact, like, I think I would be fine with foreign movies if I spoke the language. Right. So like if I'm watching a Marathi movie, I barely speak Marathi, but like I'd be more okay with that. But I don't like it when they dub it. And then you're like feeling weird about how it's dubbed (laughs) or they don't dub it. And then you're like out here reading subtitles and you miss like the. Yeah, the visuals. Yeah. And so then it just it isn't the same for me. Like I have to either learn the language and watch the movie in that language or like that's it. Like I'm just never going to watch a foreign movie. Well, there you okay, go. So but, what's your, so what, now, okay. so now that we've set that up, what's your, what's your movie pitch here, Devika? Okay. It's going to be super generic, but it's going to be a bestseller. So okay. it's a, about a guy who's from the wrong side of the tracks. Cause mm-hmm. obviously there has to be one of those, but instead of it being like 
the typical wrong side of the tracks um, being like a um, like a gang or whatever, because that's done a lot. Instead, it's like wrong side of the tracks, like a lower middle class family, and then mm-hmm. like an upper middle class family, and like the female characters from the upper middle class family, and the male characters from like the lower middle class family. And then they like pass each other in the halls, and they like don't run in the same crowds. Mm-hmm. Then they occasionally meet because of like some, I don't know, like school event where they're all together and they pass each other. Or they're assigned together on like a group project. This is like in all rom-coms, by the way. Love it. No, um, I, sure. And then there's some like dark sorted past with one of them oh, that yeah. like makes them vulnerable. So like, for example, the girl has like cancer oh, or geez. like the guy is like has a dad who beats. I know this is really depressing. No, that's okay. Not all it. of them are. Like they're always like, there's some very like awful sure. thing. And then they share that with the other person and that makes them vulnerable because they're, they've like only shared it with that person. And then they like mm-hmm. get super close and the parents are like, what the heck? And then everyone's in like a fit. And then like five years down the line, they see each other again and then they like end up together. I don't know. Some nice. Shit. I love it. Yes, that <laughs> it's is. It's like a- literally every movie. It's like, it is. But so we have kind of a form. You're You're a fan of the, the uh, the standard rom- romantic comedy kind of formula. I am a big fan of the formula. I like yeah. predictable movies where I can like fight for the right person and know they're going to end up together. I don't like those movies like um, I don't know if you've seen like The Notebook, One Day at a Time. A lot of Nicholas Sparks movies, I don't like them. Yeah, they break the mold. They break the mold and I don't like the and mold to be broken. Because people, I, want I, a, people want a happy ending at the end of the day. Hard days of work, they don't want, you know. Well, see, that's the thing. If I'm going to watch something to get away from my life, it has to have a happy ending. Otherwise, it's just like depressing life. Like who wants to watch life? I can just live life. (laughs) That's why I don't like indie movies as much because Mm. I just feel like I wasted two hours watching somebody else's life and now I'm depressed about my life because it's going nowhere either. And like their life's going nowhere and it's just depressing. You leave feeling really sad. So you watch movies to escape your own life, which is like the opposite, I think, of how I watch movies. I watch movies so I can gain a little bit of insight to what my life might be if I could see it. No, I'm not that deep. I I think too much. Like I'm already going down rabbit holes in my brain 24-7 where I'm imagining my life in hypothetical scenarios that I cannot watch something. There are moments and days when I can watch like an indie movie and really appreciate it because I'm in that mood to feel like, feel something. But it's few and far between. Um, Majority of the time I'm watching something to escape the reality of work tomorrow or like be excited about the fact that there are people in this world that have this unrealistic standard of a rom-com that I can now like want for myself. Do you all have, do you all ever have nightmares of working at a job that you used to work at and you like can't keep up or something's going terribly wrong? Yes. You? I'm assuming you have based on these questions. I have. I, I have a recurring dream. It doesn't happen too often, but it recurs enough where I can say it recurs (laughs) of working in a restaurant that, uh, when I used to do that many years ago and I'm, I'm a cook and the ticket system, when people put in their orders, these little tickets come out in the back of the restaurant and the machine keeps going and there's just long line (laughs) of tickets and you can't pick them up because it's just, 
And that would happen sometimes on really, really busy days. And you pick them all up and do all the stuff, right? But you have to turn around every table in like 15 minutes. And so it would like oh, nobody no. else is there and it's just me. And I'm like trying to scramble and put all these tickets up. And it's it just like all of those moments of like, I can't keep up anxiety moments. They all come flooding back in the dream. And I know it's a dream too. That's the thing. I've had it enough that my brain is like, you're dreaming the same dream. You know it's going to happen. Just let oh, the thing no. overflow. No one cares. But I can't. I have to go for it. I'm so sorry. I relate so much to that. I have a similar one where like I got a schedule from class and I'm in a college and I can't find the room and then I miss first Ooh, period yeah. and then I miss second period and then I like miss so much school that I'm like, not going to be able to take the exam and I'm not going to be able to graduate and then I'm not going to have a job and then I'm in the dream knowing that I have a job and I'm like listen you already have a job like this has already happened like you you passed but still I freak out so I hear you it's like your dream brain and your mm -hmm. other brain is competing Rob do you have something like that I'm sure everyone does I, I have in the past I don't really go down those I try not to go down those those paths too much anymore I, I and, and can honestly, you control your dream no, I don't, I don't even remember my dreams. I did. I used to be able to control my dreams because you can kind of, you can, yeah, you can yep. do that. And I, I tried that when I was younger and then I'm like, and then I kind of stopped doing it. And, so yeah. dreams, actually, if you don't put importance on them, you don't remember them. So when well, I've, I've read about like dreams and sleep and all of that, um, Interesting. cause I don't think dreams are anything I do. I think that's true. Cause I, I think, I think dreams are just random noise and you know stuff that your brain didn't process during the day and it's just leftovers and it's trying I, to figure out what to do with it yeah but, but the problem but who is knows I, I don't know if i'm right or wrong but but that's probably why i don't i don't remember them yeah well that's what they say when you don't think they're important you intentionally tell your brain that you're not going to remember a dream you won't and that's definitely true because there are times when like I'll wake up from a nightmare and I hate the nightmare so much that I don't oh, want to yeah. remember it. I'll just tell myself, don't remember this. And then I think about something else. And within like hmm. 20 minutes, I've forgotten the dream. Yeah, I definitely wake up from, I definitely have a couple times in the last three or four years woken up and be like, oh my God, that was a horrible dream. So, but it's usually after I eat pizza or something, you know. <laughs> What about you, Louis? Do you, do you, uh, do you remember your dreams? I do for the first part of the day. When I first wake up, uh, I used to do this where I would actually write them down, just a quick summary, just to see if there's any sort of running pattern. And I did that for a while and I kind of got bored with it. <laughs> so like, if you ask me right now, what did I dream last night? I don't know. But if, I just woke up, I could tell you at least the last dream I had, or maybe a couple or something, it's not completely intact memory, but there's enough there where I feel like, I've, again, I could write them down if I wanted to right away. Sure. Yeah. No, that's fair. I used to write my dreams down too. Um, so I think maybe that's part of the like giving importance. Mm -hmm. Like your brain is like, okay, we need to remember this. This is important. Lewis is going to yeah. write it down, you know? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I wrote my dreams down too for a long time. And then it was just like, well, I'm not getting anything out of this. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just a poop. I'm a dream pooper. <laughs> <laughs> don't take that literally. There are days my dreams are so good that I don't want to wake up. 
Like I'll oh, wake up nice. and then I'm so sad. Like I'm just so <laughs> sad because, and I have to like shake it off. Wow. I was like, wait, I want that to be it's, my life. Phenomenal dreams. Like they're just so amazing. And I wake up and I'm just like, well, all right then. And that used to happen a lot when I was a kid, a yeah. little less now, but definitely when I was a kid, it used to happen a lot. What was what do you remember? Do you remember any of them? Yeah, they were, they were like, all boy related. Oh, I mean, they were all yeah. related. It was my angsty teen. Why do you think I like rom-coms? <laughs> uh, it was like, not even like, I don't even think it was like anything in particular other than there was like a feeling of having control over your life, freedom to do whatever you want. Yeah. And like boys, like, I think it was all of them, all of it. So combined. like the basics, the basics of life. I get yeah. it. The, you know? Yeah. The basics of like being right. a teenager in a house with parents following their rules, you know, you want to like explore the world or whatever. So it was very much like that. And you want to have control because right now you don't have very much control in your life. Correct. Yeah. 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 I don't get yeah. them as, as much as yeah. often, but sometimes I'll get them. And usually it's an indication that I have no control over my mm, life. Like, you know, I'm stuck in a job I hate, or I'm like, you know, really stressed out and like stuff like that. Yeah. Interesting. Control dreams. As you can tell, I like to control everything. So are you super, are you superstitious? A little, but not, not, not too much. Cause they say super being superstitious is related to whether or not you have control in your, if you don't have, you know, if you don't have a lot of control in your life, people get superstitious. That's what I've heard anyway. Oh no, I, I, I did not know that. And I'm not horribly superstitious. My sister is, um, but I care a lot about what people think. So the problem is if they're superstitious and I'm around them, I'll start to believe them. <laughs> but I'm not like inherently. Lewis, right. do you feel this? Do you, I do. Do you feel my vibe? I, do. I feel it. I'm taking it in. Uh, the thing that's coming to mind is, would you all, if you could, be put into one dream of your choice mm. forever? Yes. Or like, <laughs> we already have an answer wow, all uh, right there but we go. the thing is you know it's a dream while you're in it i don't care oh. mm -hmm. okay so it's like I'm you're living on the holodeck in star trek you know or you just yeah yeah, yeah. or it's like it's kind of like i'm thinking of vanilla skies-esque sure, if, if yep. you all know that movie yeah um in well, a describe way it to, like to that. describe it to topeka yeah uh yes. so <laughs> it's essentially this 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 guy who's played by Tom Cruise uh, has like a great life. Like he's he's successful in various ways, and people like him. He has a lot of it, he appears to have a lot of friends. Um, but then it starts. It's there. Essentially, you start to realize this character starts to realize that things might not be quite as they are. Things kind of start fraying on the edges, and like stories kind of fall out of line. And uh, I guess I don't know if you want me to spoil it or not. Is that on the table here or should I just give a- No, 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 don't spoil it. Don't I spoil it. Okay, it. so it, the, hmm. essentially the question is what is real comes about and it's in, I, I think it's done very in a very clever way and how to just make that decision for yourself whether or not you want to know what is real. Um, Ooh, so that kind know. of the dream within a dream thing and uh, it gets a little intense in some like kind of, not kind of, but some- like philosophical ways, I think, and really makes you think about your life and how you believe or what you don't believe is true, is true, however that may be. So would you, would you guys want to know if you're in a dream? Yes, I would. Okay. Depends on how good it was. I don't know. If it was terrible, I'd want to know because then I'd have hope. 
But if it was like awesome, I don't know. I think I'd always not want to know. I think ignorance is truly bliss. Like when I know things about climate change, all the sad stuff going on in the world, I get depressed. And it's not productive depression. It's just depression. Like, it's not like, oh, productive. I'm going to do something about this. It's like very much like defeatist. Um, So I found that ignorance is bliss. And same goes with dreams. Like, I don't need to know. I'm having a good time. You know, there's a study that was done recently that if people uh, rate their happiness, they actually report less levels of happiness if they're told to quantify than if they were never told to quantify. How can you measure that? I don't know how it was done. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> this is a half-baked They're study. told half. If they're t- <laughs> it's because you'd have this to, a, by definition, from, you'd have to not be quantify if you didn't quantify Well, this quantify is from uh, Malcolm Gladwell's Blink. So if you agree with all Malcolm right, Gladwell right. and the way he mm. looks at research studies, which I know a lot of people don't, so maybe this is a like half-baked study. But yeah, I thought it was really interesting because I was like, dang, like when you're having to quantify an emotion, you experience the emotion less. Wow. I'll, t- I'll have to look into that because I actually like Malcolm. I like a lot of what Malcolm Gladwell has to say. He's, he's, it's interesting. It's thought provoking. I don't know. You know, he's like anybody. He's not right all the time, but you know, nobody nobody's is. right all the time. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. That's why great. you have more books to come out. Except Lewis, of course. Never, never. <laughs> don't put me in that pedestal. I'm sorry. I'll step off every time. <laughs> <laughs> I have control. I'm stepping <laughs> off this diving board. You can't make me. I mean, I wonder if that's connected to, uh, the fact that you in your brain you get more endorphins um flooding through when you see things that are sad and depressing than if you see things that are happy because oh. you don't necessarily process it the same way you don't have the same reaction and so you immediately have this flood of endorphins to potentially back in the old days flee from the tiger that's hiding in the bush but because we don't have a real tiger, hopefully, in front of you, you just see something that maybe is on the internet or on a newspaper or something like that. You don't actually have anything to really actually react to, but your brain thinks you might have to. So you get that flood of what you might have to do. But then when you're happy, you don't get the same level. So oh. that's why uh, maybe in this way, if you're trying to rate your happiness, you'll rate it as lower because, well, it's harder to actually do that because you don't get the same jolt. Wow. Well, yeah. So I think the way that they, they compared it is based on, uh, and I might be, it was a long time ago I read this, but I think it's a brain scan. Like they looked oh, at okay. like, the levels of, of something that comes through in your brain when you're experiencing emotions and like how mm. the amygdala function or whatever. And then they had people rate it and did it again or something like that. That's, a little, that's starting to make a little bit more sense. Now. It was something like that. I mean, there yeah. was some quant. I don't know if you agree with like the way the study was conducted and all of that, but I, I know that there was some like science behind it, like what Luis is mentioning. Sure. All right. So speaking of happiness, what's been good this week? I have something. Go, yes. Louis, what's been good this week for you? So it hasn't quite happened. It's about to happen. Uh, but my youngest brother has been looking for a house in the Twin Cities for about a year. And it's probably looked at maybe a hundred different houses. And it's very hard to get a house in this market. Mm-hmm. Uh, has put in half, you know, a dozen offers. And, you know, you just can't get to the top because there are already like 30 offers. But has finally basically closed the deal. And we'll know tomorrow if uh, the final little pieces of the house he's going to get 
is actually going to happen. And so he's oh. going to be only about five miles from where I live. So that is that's incredibly amazing. awesome. Hey, well, um, that's cool. Yeah. So I'm really happy for him. And uh, yeah, so that that is tomorrow. He'll know tomorrow. That's so exciting. I'm so happy for him. That's great. Yeah, that'll be great. Yeah, this market is is insane. I see people putting in offers all the time and I'm like, I mean, I see my friends who are trying to buy a house and right. they were like, we had to put, especially in Minnesota, one of my friends just bought a house, $50,000 by asking. Anyways, I'm mm-hmm. talking too much. It's wow. <laughs> yep. So Domenico, how about, how about you? What besides Dawson's Creek has been good oh, for you this week? Um, <laughs> I'm with my parents. Honestly, it's been oh. really nice to just be like eating food and sitting around. Um, it's been a little boring, but in like the best way and like a relaxing, I'm just doing whatever I want kind of way. Kind of a mental um, cleanse. Yeah. It's mental. <laughs> it feels really good. Honestly. Um, yeah. I feel like I'm finally taking a step forward into something that I want, which feels so much better than this last year where I was just stagnant. And a lot of the pieces are coming together with like, I have a surgeon's appointment tomorrow. It's just like a lot of the things that were on hold in my life are finally starting to kind of move. So. I'm nice. happy about it. That's really good. That's awesome. Oh, it feels Rob, great. Feels yeah. great. Yeah. Rob, how about for you? Uh, for me, uh, so we've been watching a new a new show on the uh, Apple TV Plus uh, called Schmigadoon, which is a, del- a delightful. Ooh, what? It's great. Like the name. It's, it's well, it's kind of a play on Brigadoon, which is a, a musical. If you like music, if you like musicals and you like musical comedies, uh, romantic comedies, I, I think you'll you anybody listening to this would like it. It's a, it's a sitcom that from, from uh, Cecily Strong, who's the, who's from Saturday Night Live and it's Mm -hmm. produced by Lauren Michaels, who also produced Saturday Night Live. And it's just fantastic. So it's, it's her and her boyfriend go to this magical world where they're literally living in a like fifties and sixties musical. Uh, it's just hilarious. I mean, I, so I, to be fair, I know a lot about musicals cause I was in musical theater, so on and so forth as a kid. So I know they're, they're just, it's obviously written by somebody who loves those musicals, but then they're also going through and commenting on, boy, they really just didn't write women very well in these, did they? And it's just, I mean, things like that. And, and they're, they're having, that's, uh, um, is it uh, Keegan Michael Key? I think is the other guy who's yes. in it. Yeah, yeah, I'm and looking he, at it right now. Yep, and and so he and Cecily Strong are the, is uh, this couple, and they uh, they get transport. I won't spoil too much, but they get transported to this Schmigadoon, and uh, the only way they can get out is if they find true love. So I've watched the first three episodes. The, the we haven't gotten farther than that, but it has just been delightful. So. I highly recommend that, especially, I recommend it for anybody, but if you like musicals at all, you will probably love it. Okay. Well, I'm not a big musical fan, but I am bored. So I will and, watch. <laughs> and you like romantic comedies. And I so, like romantic comedies. And it's not that, it's, they're, they're like half hour. It's like half hour episodes and there's oh, only six sure. of them. So it's not that big a deal. All right. Well, yeah, definitely take a look. Thank you. I've got so many things on the list now, Vanilla Sky. Uh, yeah. Yes, I mean, crazy. Yeah. Uh, and put the apartment on there from 1960, but the yeah. apartment, okay. The apartment it's on there. All right. Great. Uh, well, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, you can visit our website, anchor.fm slash brain shampoo. Have a good night. Good night, Topeka. Good night. Good night, Lois. Good night. Okay. All together now. Stay, stay hydrated. hydrated. Stay hydrated. <laughs>